podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Phillips Laven of the 1012 Podcast here. Have you been listening to this show for a while and thought, you know, if that guy can do this, then so can I? Well, you're, you're probably right. And it's worth giving a shot. The one question you're going to ask yourself is, how do I get my podcast out for everyone to listen to on iTunes, on Spotify? Well, you're going to need a hosting site. And if I may make a suggestion, go with Anchor. It's easy and it's free, which is great for podcast hobbyists uh, who aren't exactly expecting this to make a lot of income, especially starting out. Anchor is fantastic. Anchor by Spotify is the easiest way to make a podcast with everything you need in one place. It has the tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. And when hosting on Anchor, you can distribute your show on listening platforms like we mentioned Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and more. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. And again, it is totally free. It's fantastic. It is what we use. And if it's what we use, it's what we're going to suggest to others. So download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Again, that is the Anchor app or anchor.fm to get started with your podcast. Hey, everybody, real quick before we get rolling here, just a heads up, the audio and the interview from my side, not what I would normally like it to be. We had an issue with the mic, but you can listen to it. You can hear everything clearly. It's just kind of echoey and hollow. Wrong, long story short, wrong mic, not sure what happened. I uh, just wanted to give you a heads up. Everything will be back to normal next week, but I also was going to make sure that uh, we got this interview out because I think it's good. So. That said, enjoy. Welcome to the 1012, the podcast that covers all 10 teams in the Big 12 Conference. Thank you for joining us on this Monday. I am your host, Philip Slavin. Um, so, no Jamie, no Andy today. Obviously, that's our normal Monday routine, kind of. We had some scheduling issues, just timing stuff that came up. But I, I do have some stuff from them. We, we had planned to talk about which Big 12 rivalry would you rename in light of the Oregon-Oregon State uh, Civil War being renamed. How you feel about it, left, sideways, right, I don't care. It's just a fun point of discussion. Um, We weren't able to do that. However, uh, I am going to have some fun stuff from the two of them about that topic, but you're only going to be able to get to it from us on our social media, uh, Twitter and Instagram. So give us a follow on Twitter at 1012podcast, T-E-N, the number 12, the word podcast. Follow us on the gram, T-E-N-1-2-P-O-D. I'll have some clips for you guys there to check out from both of them. I think they're pretty good. I think you'll enjoy them. Uh, Also coming up here in a few minutes after we get through with me rambling about whatever it is I'm about to ramble about, uh, Riley Gates uh, at the main desk at 24-7 Sports, who has covered the Kansas State Wildcats for quite some time, is very close to the program. He's going to be joining us today uh, to talk about what is going on in Manhattan uh, with the, the players' demand to have a specific... Uh, let's just say, to say I have a specific player removed, but more importantly, to put in place some things to try and, and keep uh, racism uh, out of Kansas State. Uh, we, we can we can talk a bit about that. We're going to talk about that with him here in a little bit. Um, 
If that's not the kind of thing you want to listen to, that's fine. You can listen to the intro here and bail. But I would suggest sticking around. Riley, always a great guest. Love having him on. Uh, I think this is going to be a discussion worth worth listening to. Um, before we get that, let's talk a little football. Um, I have finally filled out, and it took me about a week and a half to fill out my Big 12 preseason media poll for Big 12 Media Days. Yes, uh, I will be attending Big 12 Media Days again, as will my good friend Chris Ross, the two of us from the land, Grant and Gotland. Um, and we will be there virtually this year since there's not, not one in person. Um, but got to fill out the Big 12 preseason media day poll. Uh, that includes offense and defense. And I don't I don't want to get into offense and defense, and I'm not going to break down the specifics yet. I know some people like to do it early. Um, I would like to wait and talk about mine after... Uh, the the one actually comes out at the media days on July twentieth and twenty first. So after that, we will I will discuss mine. I'll have Chris Ross on, and, and we'll both go over what comparing our picks uh, with what the final decisions were. But I did want to talk about trying to fill out the preseason poll. Less specifically, what I did. Like I said, I'm gonna, I'm gonna keep that close to the chest for now. However, you do know I have Kansas last, and I have Oklahoma first. That's just that's just kind of what it was. I'm not gonna go try and reinvent the wheel here. I'm just going to go with what feels most confident. But after that, man, it was it was hard. Uh, it was really hard. And and because I, I just see so much. Uh, I tried to group teams down in, in, into groups. Oklahoma at the top, Kansas at the bottom. And in the middle, I had, I had a few different groups. Group, group, let's call them group number one after Oklahoma. I had three teams, Oklahoma State, Texas, and Iowa State. And I am an Oklahoma State fan. I'll put that first. Um, I tried to take my my orange lens glasses off and look at it fairly. Oklahoma State's got the most returning starters. They've got the most returning production, according to Bill Connolly. Uh, you've got three of the best weapons in the Big 12, if not in the country. Uh, Spencer Sanders, a rising star at quarterback. Uh, and then you have Tylen Wallace and Chuba Hubbard. I mean, Tylen Wallace and Chuba Hubbard, ridiculous you get a defense who's coming into year three usually you like to see a third year you treat it like a new head coach um, someone who's coming over to take over a position group in year three you like to see that breakthrough season a lot of guys heading into their juniors and senior years um, a lot of guys who've been on the field a lot for Oklahoma State and they saw they saw a defense continue to improve throughout last season so there's a lot of reason to like them Texas I understand that they're remaking their entire staff and I've been pretty down on on, on Texas but if Tom Herman's really handing over the wheels of the offense, I like Mike Yersich. I liked him at Oklahoma State. I, could, I see him helping Texas take a step forward offensively. You've got Sam Ellinger. And, and I understand people want to want to shit on Sam Ellinger. Look, when you put him in a preseason, like when you start talking Heisman talk in the preseason about him, it's silly, it's ridiculous, and then people want to overreact to that overreaction and say he's garbage. He's not garbage. He's a good quarterback. He's one of the best quarterbacks in the Big 12 the last couple seasons. I think he brings a stability to that team that that you just you, you have to account for uh, and i think yours is just going to help him put up even better numbers if that team stays healthy this season that's a good team that's the talent is there the depth of talent is there the only other team that has the depth of talent of texas is oklahoma and then iowa state's a team where i think i think it's a year where people don't expect as much from them and that might be a good thing for iowa state this year um, you also get Brock Purdy. Again, you get a guy who is one of the best quarterbacks in the Big 12. Uh, he's a guy that they're already talking about with within a preseason like NFL draft stuff already. Okay, like one of the quarterbacks to keep an eye on that might get drafted in a first round. We don't know yet. Charlie Kohler is legit. I love Brees Hall. Um, they've got some wide receivers who are coming up. That offense should be good. 
they're always able the offensive line's probably gonna be bad like it always is the the defense always seems to find guys like I, there's reason to really like iowa state in this situation i never went back and forth and back and forth and back and forth on who to put where like i said i'm not gonna I'm really get into specifics here but I, that group is the group where i say one of these guys is most likely to play oklahoma in the big 12 title game um obviously we don't know how COVID 19 is going to affect the season we know players are going to get it during the season what does that mean I don't know. How much do you take that into effect when planning yours? And I tried to. I did. Um, and it's just weird. It's a weird thing to think about. So that's my grouping number one. Oklahoma State, Texas, and uh, and Iowa State. Then came grouping number two. And it's teams that I think this is going to be a year where Similar to last year, you're going to get a lot of teams between seven and five and five and seven, where the difference is who won the close games and who didn't. Okay, I really think that's going to be the middle of the Big Twelve this year. Like, I think there are going to be teams who finish five and seven who are as good as the teams who finish seven and five. They just didn't get the breaks to go their way. Um, so I have a group of TCU, Baylor, West Virginia, and Kansas State. Those teams together. I will say this again, not going into the specifics. That is another group where I see potential in these teams. Um, I don't have anybody going better than seven and five. I see a lot of up and downs. I see some upset wins from those teams against that first group. Um, But I see a lot of positives and negatives. I see a lot of inconsistency Um, for various reasons. I'm still not sure I buy into TCU's offense just yet. Um, I think I, Max Duggan is another year away, in theory, from being, I think, one of the like two or three best quarterbacks in the Big Twelve. But I think he's not there yet. I still, I, you lost a lot of talent from that team. Uh, it's it, they recruit well. The defense should be good, but I'm still not sold on TCU. Baylor, you have your entire, you lost so much from last year. If Charlie Brewer is healthy and can play all season, that is a huge thing. But you are also bringing in a brand new head coach and a whole new coaching staff when you didn't get a spring ball and off season, that's weird. I just, I think Baylor is going to be solid, but I don't, I don't see the drop-offs that some people do. Um, but I don't see them replicating last season. And don't forget last season, how many games they won close against teams that finished meh in the big 12. West Virginia. I think this is a, a year where they, again, they take another step forward. Um, I like them to make a bowl game this season and Kansas state. I, I'm not last year was, better than they probably should have been. I think this year you're going to see a regression in the record. I mean, they're placing the entire offensive line. That's very likely to happen. That doesn't mean that the program's not continuing to take steps forward, but I think last year they overachieved, and I think this year they might underachieve a little bit because of it. So that that, that grouping there of TCU, Baylor, West Virginia, Kansas State, that's my that's my group too. And then, and then, and then Texas Tech's down there kind of at the bottom um, with Kansas State which is probably giving away the fact that I have Texas Tech in, in ninth. I'm sorry, Tech. I, I like Part of me thinks Texas Tech can get 6-6 six and six and go to a ball game. I thought that last year. I think that this year. Um, I'll just say I have them 5-7. and seven. I have them 5-7. And, and I just, I, I just don't, I just don't, I don't know, man. I don't. I, I, I don't like the Matt Wells hire. We'll see that if there's a team here, and that was the big question for me, was if there's a team I think that could surprise everybody, 
Texas Tech and West Virginia are the two. Not surprised everybody didn't get to the Big 12 title game. Just surprised everybody and have a better than expected season. Kind of like a Kansas State last year, where 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 are all these wins coming from? Texas Tech and West Virginia to me are the teams that I could see having a, a year two step forward with in their programs, um, but they just have so many question marks. It's hard to predict that. So again, I'll break down the specifics. Obviously, OU at one, Kansas at ten, Texas Tech at nine. Sorry guys, I'll fill in the other uh, seven teams uh, after Big Twelve Media Days. Unless you guys are all like it's BS, just tell us what it is, and then I might. So all that said, I uh, just wanted to ramble my thoughts on things uh, after filling my stuff out. It was, everyone thinks this stuff is easy. It is hard to do, man. If you actually sit down and try and do it, it's really, really difficult. Because I tried to actually fill out my 1 through 10 ranking and figure out the wins and losses. I mean, I, I have it down to, I have the teams with their records, including conference records. I have it in an Excel spreadsheet, what games they win and lose. I had to really think about it. It's hard. You can just wing it. I think it's kind of this year. I kind of kind of was like, okay, well, I think this 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 is how it feels. And this year, I was like, I got I got to do a little bit more than that. It's hard. It's really hard. It's really hard. If any, if 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 I get even close to what actually happens, again, it's it's this is a weird year, guys. COVID nineteen is going to mess the whole thing up. So, um, rally gates coming up here after the break. Very excited. Again, give us a follow on Twitter at ten twelve podcast. T E N the number twelve. The word podcast. Uh, you can get some exclusive uh, audio clips from Andy and Jamie about what rivalries in the Big Twelve they would like to see renamed or named. In the case of Andy, uh, also follow us on the gram. You're going to get those clips over there as well. T E N one two P O D. We will try and have some more exclusive content there. I do want to drop a little bit of a tease here for midweek episode. I don't want to tell you who it is, in case something happens and it falls through. Um, but I have a I have a guest I'm 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 have lined up. I'm going to get on the show. I'm very excited for him. I think you guys will enjoy it as well. I'm looking forward to it. That's the most I want to say. Um, so with that said, guest coming up right now, Riley Gates, 24/7. Let's get to it. I joined today by Riley Gates of 24/7 Sports, uh, guy who has followed Kansas State closely for his career, and, and a guy who holds Kansas State athletics very close, very near and dear to his heart. Uh, Riley, it's, it's always a pleasure to have you on the show. Welcome back, man. Yeah, man, it's always good to be back. Uh, I enjoy talking to you. I wish you were here to talk more football than this, but uh, obviously, I mean, this, these are the kinds of stories that are going on, and these are stories that are important to talk about, and I would feel remiss, and um, like I'm not really doing the job right if we just kind of glossed over this to talk about other stuff. Um, so just just to set things up for everybody, the, the state of Kansas, what's going on in Kansas State right now? For those who who don't know, um, there was an end a student on campus who who tweeted out, and I'm I'm just gonna say it. His name is Jade McNeil. He tweeted out, "quote Congratulations to George Floyd on being drug free for an entire month." Um, for those who don't know, George Floyd is of course the, the, the African American who was killed by police officers in in, uh, in Minnesota, and kind of got the protests going. Uh, this tweet got no, got noticed by some football players who initially said that uh, I believe Josh Youngblood and T. Denson were the initial ones who said they would not 
represent Kansas State anymore until changes were made at the school. Uh, now the entire Kansas State football program has basically said they're not going to play and they're not going to practice uh, until a number of, of I would say, uh, requests have been have been met. One of those being that uh, a policy be put in place at the university that, quote, allows a student to be dismissed for displaying openly racist, threatening, or disrespectful action toward a student or group of students. Um, since then, members of the men's and the women's uh, basketball teams have, have come out and joined this. The president of the university has released a statement. Uh, Chris Kleiman has released a statement. He actually tweeted uh, not just an hour ago. Uh, we're recording this on Sunday night about an hour ago. This says, quote, racism is not welcome at K-State now or in the future. On and off the field, as a family, we will make a difference through our action. I'm excited to help every player unite for the solution now so that we can come together stronger than ever. Black Lives Matter. So Kleiman has, at this point, been, as he states, fully behind the team and their what they are doing. Uh, Andy, have I, have I missed anything? Is there anything at this point that we need to, before we move forward, to, to point out or, or, or state in this conversation? Uh, no, no, I think, you, I think you covered all those bases pretty well. Okay, so I want to make sure, you know, you follow this closer than I, 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 I tried to do my research, I just want to make sure I have all this down. So at, at this point, um, what do you think has been, from, from what you've seen, the general reaction to what is going on in Manhattan? Um, I think, I think first and foremost, obviously, uh, I would say uh, as close to 100% as you can be, a lot of people are, are saying, you know, obviously that's a, a disgusting tweet that was put out. Um, the fact that an individual uh, would tweet something like that is, is uh, just, it, it, it's kind of, a, you know, it's offensive, it's um, repulsive, whatever, whatever words you want to use to describe it, honestly, it's, that's kind of what it, it falls under there. Um, now, obviously, when, when sports started, because that, that tweet was out for a few hours before anybody really uh, made a big deal. I mean, people had seen it, but the, but the sports world hadn't really kind of taken to it. And then, of course, once, uh, once players started talking, once players started uh, talking about, you know, sit down, things like that. That's kind of when the, the reactions came. Uh, I, I think, I think for the most part, everybody has been on the side of the players in terms of uh, voice your, your opinion, voice what you, you know, you, you think you need to be heard. You think you need to be um, say what you're feeling, go ahead and do that. We, we want to hear from you. So I think people have been supportive in that fashion. Um, but at the same time, I think, there's been a lot of honestly good level-headed uh, discussion brought forth as to is this you know people people wanted him ex wanted the kid expelled and you know then then it starts to get into those legal discussions hey can you can you actually remove a kid um, you know are you opening yourself up for for legal issues at that point and then other people are saying well who cares if there's legal issues you should show show you're that far against it other people said no you shouldn't you know continue to give them a platform so. Everybody's on the same page, honestly, when it comes to what the players are doing, I think. I think it just – I think opinions start to differ when, A, you, you talk about legal um, ramifications of, of expelling this kid, and then they're also on different pages of should the players hold true to this or not because I, I think these student-athletes are putting K-State in a, in a very – a very difficult position. I mean, I know that means it, it comes off as I'm as I'm criticizing them, but K State is in a very difficult position in terms of basically the students, student athletes, are asking them are asking the school to do something that 
while you and I and everybody listening to this thinks it's kind of a basic human right, you know, uh, you shouldn't be racist, it's you, you can say what you want, I guess, is what I'm trying to get at. And so I, I think the student-athletes, while it's good they're voicing themselves, they're, they really are putting them in a, in a tough position. So I will note the original tweet is no longer available on Twitter. Um, when it was still live, I looked at it, and I'm always – as, as interested in, in original tweets, I'm always more interested in the comments and the reactions to tweets. And I will just say this. There are quite a few people, obviously, he's going to have a following that, that aligns with um, his beliefs that were that were in support. Um, I will say this. Uh, I was joking. It's a joke. You should take a joke. Uh, it's not an excuse to validate things that you wouldn't say to someone's mother or to someone who is in, let's say, good moral standing. So there are jokes, and I'm fine with jokes. And we can all have different senses of humor, but there are some things that aren't funny, and maybe you should reconsider what you're laughing at. That aside, um, the point you're making that they put Kansas State, the university, in a very difficult situation, I think is very valid. Because what you're asking for to return to play and return to the field, again, a policy in place that allows a student to be dismissed for displaying openly racist, threatening, or disrespectful action toward a student or group of students. That is a that is a a hard thing to make specific because that is a, that is a slightly vague term. That here's the deal with that. I don't want. I am not a lawyer. I can't speak legalese. Riley, I'm going to go ahead and, and and speak for you and say you are also not a lawyer or um, all that well versed in legalese. But I look at that statement and say that's the kind of thing that may seem obvious, and someone may apply that tweet that he put out to it. But if you try to take those to court, there's a very good chance you're going to lose. Yeah, absolutely. And not only do I think there's a very good chance you're going to lose, um, I, let's just hypothetically say you, you put it into place successfully, and this becomes a thing. Hey, you can't make racist comments at Kansas State or you will be expelled from the school. Hypothetically, if you pull it off, you're opening yourself up to to just so much more that's going to come from this. And I know that comes off as I'm I'm being insensitive at times to this issue. And I mean, look, believe me, in a perfect world, yeah, every person that made a racist comment to somebody else would would feel those types of of ramifications. You know, they they would um, not be allowed to be on that campus anymore and, and continue to threaten other students of color. But I, I know this isn't the same thing, but the analogy does kind of speak for itself. I, I know a lot of people that I was friends with in college that, that made fun of uh, people in Greek life and like kind of how the Greek life people um, acted and, and the things they did and said. And then on the other hand, I knew people that were in Greek life that, that made fun of um, kids that weren't, you know, Oh, you don't, you don't do this. You got, you know, they, they had, um, uh, I, there was so, there was some sort of nickname for kids that weren't in in G or in the in the Greek housing. So, I, what what's stopping a a Greek uh, Greek life kid from saying, "Oh, I was very offended by the comments that were made about us in Greek life, and and it's it's offensive to us, and we think he should be kicked out for that." You know, it's yes, racism is a is a massive thing, and and it and it has zero place on any school campus. And I'm not saying you have the right to be racist, but you. You do have the right to freedom of speech, as sick as it is in a situation like this. And I, I think if you're Kansas State and you're flirting with First Amendment rights, this goes so much further than 
Um, one tweet. This goes so much further than a football team threatening to not play. I mean, you were talking about over 20,000 students not not having first right uh, or First Amendment rights, and, and that just is not something I think K-State should get into. So while I while I support or I understand the players' um, angle on this, hey, we want this, we want X, Y, and Z, or we're not going to play again. And I do commend them for using their platform. I just I, I don't think it's a battle that they can that there's anything K State can do where they come out and make everybody happy. Um, and that's it's a it's a lose lose for K State here. And I don't see any way that K State comes out and out of this and there's not some sort of negative repercussion. At, at some point, there's going to have to be a meeting of the mind between the players, the athletes, the coaches, and the university. And there's going to have to be some middle ground. And, and again, I agree with you. Compromise when it comes to racism is not okay. But compromise to find some way to make actions that matter that can stand up in a court of law because that also matters. You can put all the rules you want in place. If they're shot down in court, they don't mean anything. And then you get to deal with those on that side saying, see, ha ha, we win. And I don't really want to see their smug faces laughing and feeling victorious. So um, at some point, some something is going to be done. I don't know what that is. But some sort of middle ground is going to have to be met. Um, I'll be very curious to see what that looks like. Um, because I, like, I can't see this coming to a conclusion where the players just go, well, we're not going to win this fight. Nothing will change. Something is going to have to be done. Some sort of change is going to have to come, and some sort of rules are going to have to be put in place to get these players back playing. I don't know that it's this one that they're asking for. And again, I don't disagree with the notion of people making openly racist threatening. Racist and threatening, sure. Disrespectful. Disrespectful can be taken a number of different ways. Um, I think that one's a little bit... That's the hardest one in here for me to even... Be like you've got a really hard time getting disrespectful out of the way. Um, racist and threatening, threatening especially like that. Not that I think his tweet was. I don't think his tweet was threatening. His tweet was racist. I'm sorry, it was. If you think it was a joke, you should reevaluate your sense of humor. Uh, it was racist. It wasn't threatening. Threatening, I think, is something you can talk about. I, I I absolutely believe that most college campuses should do a better job of cracking down on on those who are on the university. Who threaten the safety and the well-being of others but that's another story for another day i just i'm i'm really i'm going to be very curious to follow the story and see what actually comes from this i would expect it to be, to be positive but i'm not sure it's going to be exactly what the players are hoping to see i i agree with that um i i don't i don't think this kid's gonna get expelled um no i like like i said earlier i i, I don't think he that I don't think they're a case against it. And frankly, I don't think K-State wants to fight it. I don't think K-State wants to continue to give this kid the light of day. I mean, the, the longer it drags on, the more attention that is brought to this kid and, and, and what he's done. So I don't, I don't think that's going to happen. I don't think we're going to get to a football season where the team is legitimately not playing. Um, I'm, not, I'm not saying they're bluffing. I, I don't want it coming off no, that no, way. No, no, but, no, no. But I, I don't think this is going to be a thing here in two months. Uh, oh, hey, the K-State football team is still not participating in, in activities. I think something will probably come this week, whatever that resolution would end up being or, or that agreement would end up being. Um, it's just 
Now, and I just—I guess I just want to say this: it, as a K-State alum, as somebody who, who grew up around the school and things like that, it really kind of makes me sad the way that it's coming off. Um, I understand the frustration behind the tweet, and I understand the players' angle absolutely. What I don't like is how it's coming off as K-State is supportive of him tweeting that, and how the longer he isn't kicked out of school, the more it shows that K-State's supporting him because everybody knows that that's not true. No, I just think no. people are being, I think people are just being very impatient um, and they're not understanding that this is a very delicate situation that has to be dealt with incredibly cautiously. So um, look, I, I, like you said earlier, we're not lawyers, so I don't really know what you can do at this point other than condemn him for, for his, his tweet um, look, the kid's going to have to exist on campus with, with not only the student-athletes, but, heck, with white students who, who think he's, you know, not worth the light of day anymore. And so he's not doing himself any favors, and, and it's pretty clear that he's not going to be liked um, moving forward. I, if I was, if, I'm, just, I'm just ready to see it go away, I guess. Not that I'm saying we should ignore what, what the players are trying to accomplish or anything, but uh, I, it's, it's getting to a point where, where I think the message of this is being lost. It's, it's starting to grow more about, your, you know, not so much about the racial equality that these players deserve, but more, hey, well, what caused this? And then we're talking about legal ramifications of this kid and all that stuff. And, and he, honestly, he doesn't deserve more light of day than he is currently getting. Great. Um, the, the conversation needs to shift towards what positives can come from this and, and what kinds of change can, can come forward to make Kansas State and any other university who's dealing with this, a better place for all students, including African-American um, and black and white, period, uh, and less on those individuals who seek the limelight by being, your most kids, jackasses. Let's just, let's just call it what it is. Um, I, I am curious from your standpoint. You know, I, I was, when, when Chris Kleiman was hired, he was my second favorite hire for the Big 12 um, ahead of last season. Uh, they had a really nice season, kind of, I think, overachieved last year. Uh, football aside, specifically on the field stuff, but, but looking at what he's done in the program in a short amount of time, the things I've heard about Chris Kleiman from um, people who cover the team, from the father of a player, um, have been very positive, glowing reviews. And then to see him come out so strongly in support of his player, there's no, there's no misunderstanding the things he's saying. He is, he is in full support of what they are trying to do here. That, that's how it feels. Um, I, you look at this kind of stuff and juxtaposition to coaches, and I won't say a name specifically, who maybe are having trouble with these kinds of issues. Like how much do you think this goes into? how much this is going to help the team. And I don't just mean like wins on the field, but the program itself to have somebody who, let's be honest, gets it uh, in charge of the program, especially now, right now with everything going on and with the way that you would think the country is going to be moving forward. Yeah. Um, I think now I, yeah, I got to give a big old tip of the cap to Ryan Black from, from the Manhattan Mercury. Um, he, he wrote that, you know, what, what, we, we wrote the news story obviously on everything that kind of was happening, but he called, Jonathan Alexander, um, a, a defensive back for the team, and, and kind of talked about, like, how did this come to be? What was the process and things like that? And and Jonathan really kind of explained how Chris Kleiman, like, immediately reached out to the players and said, you know, how can I use my platform to help you guys? What what can I do 
for you guys to show you my support. Like you've got it, but what can I do for you? And I, I don't know. I think, I think in a lot of situations you, you're going to have the coach that kind of comes out and makes a comment, um, you know, Florida state, for example, when, when they said, Oh, Hey, we stand with our players, but there really hadn't even been a discussion going on at Florida state or anything like that. It sounds like Chris Kleiman's being very proactive. You know, he's getting out in front of it. He, he's really showing them he's, he's part of it. And, uh, you know, I, I don't think the team had any, uh, had, had was, was weak in any areas of, of tightness before, you know, I, I think, I think overall they were a really good group that, you know, clicked on all cylinders on the field, off the field, and locker and things like that already. But I think this just strengthens it even more. You know, hey, we've been through a lot together. We um, we used our voice when, frankly, it would have been really easy for half these guys to just shut up and not post that. You know, I I don't want to have to. What if it, what if September rolls around and you're still on the stance? Like, I don't want to have to be put in that position. So it would have been really easy for those guys to kind of not say that but I think kind of going through this experience and and having players not just the black players on the team but also the white players on the team really kind of take that stance too I I think really shows that they're together um and and even if it ends up being something that we look back on and we go eh, hindsight that wasn't a massive you know it wasn't that big of a deal it got resolved rather quickly something like that I I still think it's pretty notable um and and I don't think it's something that we're probably going to forget like uh, again, uh, you said it earlier, I'll, I'll kind of add to it. I don't know if it's really going to make them a nine-win football team or anything like that, but uh, <laughs> I, I think it makes them a little bit better, uh, you know, a little bit tighter across the board. Right. Uh, again, I, I look forward to having you on again when we can talk a little bit more football. Not that this topic's not important, but I, I think all of us would like to talk football. I mean, come on. It's just talk sports. Like, since everything's in March, it would just be nice to just talk a little bit of sports. Not that I wanted to distract what's going on because what's going on is important, but at the same time, it'd be nice to have sports to talk about outside of America. I'm sorry, the Australian Football League, which I am enjoying uh, late at night when my pregnant wife is is snoozing. Uh, you continue to be awesome. I love having you on the show. Uh, and you continue to do great work at 24-7. So do me a favor, everybody wants to, to, to see the work you do covering K-State and the rest of college football. Uh, where can they do so? Yeah, um, you know, I just I would encourage you to you know uh, just kind of follow the uh, the twenty four seven sports Twitter feed. Um, that's kind of where because not all the not all the stories kind of go to the main front page of twenty four seven sports. Um, kind of tough to explain, but I mean, I just overall we've got so many great writers, analysts, everything um, all across the all across the nation, all across the network, putting out stuff. I mean, minute by minute, just cranking out content, and so. I would just say, hey, go follow 24-7 Sports on Twitter. And if something is happening in the sports world um, or even something minute that you don't even think is that big of a thing, we've probably got a story on it. So I uh, would absolutely encourage everybody to get on over there and, and really have a, you know, take in what we do because I, I really love being a part of this team. Go follow 24-7. Follow Riley Gates on Twitter at Riley underscore Gates. Riley, as always, it's been a pleasure, man. Yeah, man, for sure. Podcast Network.